welcome back to the Flores and Friends podcast. And let me just say, I cannot stress how excited I am about this episode for two reasons. One, I'm joined by returning guest and my dear, dear friend and the light of my life, you know, the sunshine of my world, Morgan Lando. How are you doing today? Good. I need to record more things with you if you're going to talk about me like that. I think you said that last time. <laughs> no, man, I just, uh, I love talking to you. I feel like every time we talk, I, I I don't think it's too much to overstate that, Morgan, you're one of the few people that I know who just gets me. And I really, I really appreciate that because you're, while you don't agree with everything that I do, you're not judgmental because we both are, we both really dislike judgmental people, so. But we both keep each other in check. Yeah, we definitely keep each other in check. Well, let's just get this right off the top. How's little Emmy? How was how was your Mother's Day? Your first? No, was this? No, it's your second Mother's Day. <laughs> My second. Okay. <laughs> it was good. Um, ben worked, so it was me and Emmy, and we just hung out. So um, it was kind of laid back, and then I went and saw my mom. So, I mean, it was good. I had time off with her. I didn't have to go into work or anything, so it was nice. All right. Well, that's good to hear. That is, I'm very, I'm always happy to get updates on Emmy. Uh, everything she does is magic. Uh, everything she does is wonderful. <laughs> anyway, so the other reason I've, re- I'm really excited about today's episode is because when I originally thought about doing a podcast, today's topic was one of my like, oh, I gotta do this episode with Morgan because me and Morgan, we, d- we don't have a lot of similar music interests, but we do, we do have some and we both love discussing music with each other and on today's episode, we're going to discuss some of our favorite songs, but more importantly, some of our favorite covers of different songs. So, yeah. <laughs> I've been looking forward to this for I can't tell you how long, because honestly, I feel like the two of us could do just a podcast on our own of just this topic, because I yeah. feel like we could talk about this all day. So Very, very true. Well, before we get started, do you have anything you want to say before we get started? No, I'm good. I'm I'm just excited to talk about it. Like I said, I, I really took notes, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's start with our first song. It is Stand By Me. The original was done by Ben E. King, but the other version we're going to discuss is Favorite of Mine and Morgan's. It's by Tracy Chapman, and she did it live on the Letterman show. And so let's let's take a listen to the original Ben E. King version. Ben E. King. I keep that all jumbles up together in one word for me. All right, cool. So here's here's the original. Let's 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 give it a listen. No, I won't be afraid. Oh, I won't be afraid. Just as long as you stand, stand by me. So, darling, darling, stand by me. All right. So, what do you? What comes to your mind when you think of, when you hear that song, Morgan? Um, I'm immediately happy, mm-hmm. and the best way I could put it is classic because it is. Yeah, it's it is timeless. I love it. I think it is. I think that's a great word for it. It's very joyful. It's very happy. It gets you in a good mood, and it's while it's kind of lamenting, like the fact that like you need like the singer needs like this person in their life it's kind of like a celebratory not like a 
a dependent kind of thing, if I can go in a little deep into it, you know? Right. Yeah. Okay, so we're both huge fans of the original. I would be... I would be very skeptical of anyone who says they aren't a fan of that song. Uh, like we both said, it's a classic. But very recently, Tracy Chapman, famous in the 90s for her hit song, Fast Car, which is also a great song. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. Trace Ch- anything Tracy Chapman's good. She did this live on The Letterman Show, and I didn't think you could outdo Benny King when he came to Stand By Me. But, I mean, this is this is close. Let's Let's give it a listen. No, I won't. No, I won't be afraid Just as long as you stand Stand by me Oh, darling, darling, stand by me Oh, stand by me Okay, I don't know about you, but that is one of the loveliest performances I think I've ever heard. I agree, though I had notes where I was saying that I like that she has a different pitch for the song. It's in like a lower register and it's a different type of emotion, but I'm going to kind of piggyback off of what you said about the original. I think this one is her being more dependent on someone. Yeah, it's, well, let's, let, let me just get off. Morgan has some musical training and some musical background. I have little to none, so... All my commentary is pretty uh, layman terms. Uh, so Morgan will be able to provide a little bit more, actually a lot more technical uh, details about it. But yes, I totally agree. It's a more bluesy. It's more sorrowful. It's mm-hmm. like, it is kind of like, I don't want to say sad, but it, it's just bluesy. And it's mm-hmm. I love how low pitched it is, or low tone or whatever you said. But uh <laughs> I just love that it's like, as as I'll be saying a lot in this episode, because I, I made this note in my head with a lot of these versions of different songs, I like a more minimalistic kind of version of a song, because I feel like when you strip it down, it gets, uh, this is cliched, but raw or more raw, whatever mm-hmm. the technical term is, so yeah. I think, because um, I think the original and Tracy Chapman's, obviously, same lyrics, different meanings with the original and i'm not saying that this is necessarily a negative thing but because you're kind of distracted by like how catchy the tune is you don't really necessarily listen to the words fully i guess that's just me but tracy chapman's is more of like oh holy crap i have to zone into what she's saying yeah um yeah because in the original which we didn't which you didn't hear in the little sample was there's like a full orchestra in the back it's like Mm -hmm. a big kind of not bombastic but kind of like 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 very like I said celebratory so it's very like pow and stuff like that and it was two different time just two different kind of genres but of the same song which I think is what makes a great song is you can spin it different ways and it still be great so uh you ready to move on to the next one yeah okay so this one I wasn't very aware of but you I think I've de- you've definitely let me listen to these the, this song before by The Strokes. What we're going to talk about now is Heart in a Cage by The Strokes. And is it Chris? How do you say this dude's last name? I think it's Tilly. I'm probably saying it wrong. He's a part of the Punch Brothers. Okay. Uh, I really uh, I listened to both versions and I liked them. I, I think I'm going to add them to my own personal library because it is a good... They're very distinct versions. But um, mm-hmm. Well, let's, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Let's listen to The Strokes version. 
okay. which is the original. Let's give this a listen. That guitar riff, I really like that. He's so hot. <laughs> That's uh, it's Julian Casablancas, right? Yes. Yeah, he was on. Um, <laughs> he did a song with Daft Punk on uh, "Random Access Memories" that I really love. I really. And like also, that. don't forget, he also was with the Lonely Island. He did a song with them. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I really dig it. It's. All right, well, let's listen to the other version, and okay. we can start the comparison from there. All right. Okay. Um... All right. Definitely right off the bat, is that a... Is that a mandolin or a yes? Ukulele? Okay, all right. That is a mandolin. Obviously, he is actually yeah. a prodigy when it comes to the mandolin. Yeah, I mean, I really dig it. Like, I really dig. Uh, he's not like with the Strokes version. He's it is a very rocky, very like fast song, and this is more mellow, bluesy, kind of folky, hushed singing. Where and the mandolin kicks, and I really like that mandolin. What well? Which one do you prefer? I mean, this was your pick. Okay, so let me let me back up for a second because what's actually kind of sad is I thought that the Chris Tilly version was the original when I first heard it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I loved that song. My mom and I used to listen to it all the time because the lyrics are fantastic by itself. And then not only that, the mandolin's awesome. It's just a really cool version of a song, very fo- folky, as you say. Yeah. But then whenever I was dating Ben. We were just listening to the Strokes one day, and then that song came on, and I was like, oh, cool, it's a cover. And he's like, what are you talking about? It's not a cover, it's the original. And I felt like an idiot, but... Did he say yeah. it in the most history way possible? <laughs> of course he did. I mean, he knows everything. But, but yeah, so I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say I like one more than the other, because both are very different, yeah. again. But... I will say, though, depending on my mood, I will want to listen to the other. Like um, like you said, the Strokes one's a little bit more rocky. And in my opinion, I've talked to Ben about this. Obviously, it's more angsty because yeah. Julian Casablancas is angsty. But to me, it's kind of like he's singing it like – obviously, he cares about someone. But in the same way, like his voice, he's very like, I don't really care about what I'm talking about. He's just – kind of like sounds like he's drunk singing if that makes any sense yeah i I definitely i I definitely yes i would totally agree with that like he's got a cigarette in his mouth or something you know but the other version sounds more like i don't know he changes his vocal range i guess a little bit and it's a little bit more of like it's a band you know like they're all singing together like they've kind of all gone through this before okay whereas the strokes one's a little bit more personal i guess yeah, I, 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 I like to imagine the venue where I would listen to both of these songs, and I think, I, I think with the, the the Strokes version is definitely more concerty, you know, vibe. But the Chris Teal version, I hope I'm saying his name right. Uh, if, I, if I'm, if we're not, I we apologize. But I feel like you could be listening to that like at at a bar somewhere or something like that, or just really low key. Like we're both from Louisiana, and like. 
feel like you could roll up to like a bar in the middle of nowhere and be hearing that performance. So it's a little bit more intimate, I feel. Right. Yeah. Okay. Did you have anything else to add to that one before we move to the next one? No, no, good. We're good. Okay. So this next one is near and dear to my heart. This is this next song and the Stand By Me versions were the two songs that were in my mind when I thought about doing this episode with you because this next song is one of my favorite songs of all time, and I love each version that I'm about to play for their own different reasons, but I really do love it. It's The Book of Love. It's originally by Magnetic Fields. There's a Peter Gabriel version, which I think a lot more people have heard because it was in a Scrubs episode. It was also Mm -hmm. in a South Park episode. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's one of my favorite bands of all time, Airborne Toxic Event, did a cover, which I really love. And finally, there's another version that we're going to listen to, the final version by an artist named Gavin James. I haven't listened to his other work, but I imagine it's pretty good because he does a really good job on this cover. So, all right, let's get it started. This is the Magnetic Fields version. This is the original. It's full of charts and facts and figures and instructions for dancing. But I Okay, so you you said before we started you had never listened to that version. What I guess from that little snippet, how are you feeling about it? I like it. I can tell it probably feels like it drags a little bit because yes. it is kind of minimalistic yeah. from what I can hear. Yeah. But I like it because as I was going to get into later, I guess more of well, I'll, I'll save my thought on it for yeah. later. Actually, uh, what I will say <laughs> is that uh, especially with the next version, the Peter Gabriel version is a more romantic. Orchestral, orchestral, sorry, orchestral version. The gentleman who wrote it originally, his name's Stephen Merritt. He's with Magnetic Fields, and he he kind of described it as like a very silly love song. Like it, it was just kind of like a one-off thing, I, I believe, as he tells it. But it's lived on because it is immensely popular, as we'll see. Okay, so let's go to the Peter Gabriel version. Like I said, this is a more popular version. It's been in a lot more things. Originally, I think he recorded it for this like. Like, I don't know if you remember this movie. It was with Richard Gere and Jennifer Lopez and Susan Sarandon. It's Shall We Dance. Do you remember that movie? Oh, God. Yeah, I do. So he recorded this cover for that album. That's so weird. It's kind of random. But yeah, he he recorded specifically for that soundtrack. Anyway, so let's give it a listen. It's full of charts and facts and figures. And instructions for dancing. But I... You can tell that, no disrespect to Mr. Merritt, that Peter Gabriel is a better singer. Like, he's actually <laughs> trying to sing. Like, it's exuberant. It's, he's like, it's a declaration. A, not like an overwhelming declaration, but it's a, it's a declaration nonetheless, don't you think? Right. No, I agree with you. First time I ever heard this version was in the last, it's in the last episode of Scrubs. Uh, well, if you don't count season nine, which nobody should. Uh, <laughs> It's in the last episode where JD has like a vision of the future and stuff like that. So that was the first time I heard it and I fell in love with that song immediately because I think it's a very it's a very romantic song. Well, that version anyway. And I think the and but the thing is, as much as I like it, I think the the ones that are coming up are better, you know? Okay, so let's get on. The next one is by Airborne Toxic Event. 
this was a live performance that was recorded, obviously, and I think it's it's just as I think it's a nice combination of the magnetic fields and the Peter Gabriel version. So let's let's give it a listen. So two things off the bat, what what you didn't hear in that sample was uh, he does start off the song a lot more mellow and kind of deep-throated, kind of at a lower pitch and all that stuff. So that's why I was saying it kind of reminds me of the Magnetic Fields version. But also, what I also really love about it, before part of the part of the recording of the song is this little like introduction that the singer Mikel Jolette, in the beginning, in the introduction, he dedicates the song to his grandmother, who just, at the time, had recently passed away. So it kind of takes on this, like, very, very sentimental, very touching tone yeah. when he performs it. So I really, I love that about it. So what, what do you, how do you think it stacks up to the other two? Okay. Yeah. I'll put it this way. So, because I know we haven't listened to the Gavin James version yet, mm-hmm. but in my opinion, like you've kind of already talked about, same song sung by different people, yeah. different emotion attached to it, because I feel like they sing it at different times in their life. Yeah. Like Peter Gabriel, he sounds a little bit more mature in his voice. Definitely. So it seems like his, his, in my opinion, isn't necessarily like optimistic. Yeah. It's a little bit more dramatic. Yeah. Whereas the Gavin James version, which we'll look here in a second is a little bit more simplistic and it's happy because the guy's younger. Yeah. And then the Airborne Toxic event, that guy's voice is just amazing, any song he sings. But to me, actually, that version kind of sounded, that guy's voice sounds like Peter Gabriel to me. Yeah, he kind of he kind of mixes it. Like, I feel like, like I said at the beginning, he starts off kind of low, like the Magnetic Fields version, and then he, like, really brings it with the hook and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you. What I will say is that what I love about that band is they have, like, a dedicated full-time violinist. Yes, and, and she plays yeah. hard. Yeah, and <sighs> she's so... Her violin in all their music is very, like, prominent, and I love that about it, especially this version of the song as well. So let's get to the Cabin James version, which, just not to put too much pressure on it, I I hate to say this because I love Airborne Toxic Event, but I think this might be my favorite version. So let's, let's listen to it. It's full of charts and facts and figures and instructions for dancing. And I, 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 I love it when you read to me. Right off the bat, you can tell, again, it's very stripped down. I think it's literally just him and a good, an electric guitar playing, and it's it's phenomenal. I love it. It's so like I'll just put it to you this way: this is going to sound really cheesy, and anyone who knows me is probably going to be surprised by this. Well, if I were, if it was up to me, and at my wedding reception, I would want this to be my my first dance with my bride because I love that song so much because it's so. Dripping with romance, in my opinion. I so knew you were going to say that. I'm not even going to lie. Whenever I was listening to it, I thought about that. Because you know me. Yeah. But let me tell you, the music video, I cried. Not even going to lie. Because it's so happy and sweet. 
It's a very artsy music video. I highly recommend it. So now listening to all four, where do you where do they fall for you? Again, I think it kind of comes back into the mood that you're in. However, I do agree with you. The Gavin James version is my favorite just because it's so different than all the rest. But second, I would personally pick Peter Gabriel. Okay. Not that I don't dislike Airborne Toxic Event because somebody needs to buy that guy a life supply of just tissues because I swear he cries like every day. (laughs) But but, um, I don't know. The Peter Gabriel one just makes me feel... I can't even really describe it, but it just makes me feel like I'm longing for something. It makes me feel warm. I get a very warm yeah. vibe from it. Yeah. 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 No disrespect to, you know, Mr. Merritt and Magnetic Fields there. Without his version, we wouldn't have the other three. But it's a definitely... It almost sounds like a demo. Wouldn't you agree? Like, yeah! It doesn't... It doesn't... It's not to... I don't want to call him an amateur, but it doesn't sound... Complete. Yeah, it doesn't sound overproduced. Not that the others are. It just sounds very, like, you know, like, picked up a guitar one day and was like, oh, is the microphones on? Oh, let me record this real quick. It kind of just sounds very, like I said, very, I don't know. Uh, the B-sides? Like, yeah, I don't want to say, I don't want to say amateur. I just feel like it's just very, you know, lacking production, I guess, is the word. Okay, next up. Oh, this is a very famous one. A lot of people will have heard the latter version of this, but it's Hurt by Nine Inch Nails, which was famously covered by the late, great uh, Johnny Cash. Let's let's listen to the Nine Inch Nails version first, and then we can get to the Johnny Cash version. It's not bad. I like it, but I think that the Johnny Cash version has become so famous that people don't even realize that it's a cover of an earlier song. So, um, yeah, I I really like, I like the Dinah Nails version as well, too. I love it. Yeah, it it definitely, I like how you said earlier about, you know, uh, Book of Love, you know, just different ages it feels like the singer's at. The Dinah Nails version feels like a very young depressed young man whereas when we listen to the johnny cash version it's definitely a man at the end of his life you know at the end of his right you're gonna need to play the johnny cash version before i can talk because i had to erase a lot of things that i wrote because i just kept typing like there's so much i could talk about these two versions all right cool we'll play the johnny cash version and you can just go go as long as you can. okay let's let's listen to the johnny cash version and you could have it all My empire of dirt I will let you down I will make you All I'll say before I'll let you go is it was recently that Johnny Cash version was used in the Logan trailer, like the first like full length Logan trailer, and me and my buddy Justin, <laughs> me and my there buddy goes. Justin were talking, <laughs> like we were talking about this the other day. That combination of Logan and that story of like the film and that song don't get enough credit for being so perfectly matched together. Like I felt like that was such a 
like fantastic combination between like a film, the marketing of a film, and the brilliant use of a song. So I think I just want that on the record. So please take it take it away, Miss Alonzo. That and also just like creep with social network. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The version absolutely. that they did with that, that was that was good too. I haven't watched Logan yet. I actually am gonna watch it hopefully tonight or tomorrow. Oh, get on that. You're Bring the, bring the tissues. Oh, that's all I'm gonna say. Oh crap! <laughs> but um, but hurt. Okay, so the original. Um, I don't know if you know. It's it's written about the main singer's drug use. Yes. So let me tell you, I've seen Nine Inch Nails also at Voodoo Fest, a different year. Yeah. And I mean, oh my god, I could have sat there for hours. They were fantastic. I was going to say, both of them are very emotional, different ages that the performers sing them as. I'm pretty sure that's what one of the last couple of songs that Johnny Cash did, too. Because he passed, what, it came out in like 2007, I think. And I think he died around that time, Mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember who went first, but June Carter Cash either died shortly before him. Or shortly after him, I can't, I can't remember. But it was, I know what right. happened. He passed away around when uh, "Walk the Line" came out, which I believe was in two thousand seven. So, uh, but yeah, around that time, and he was in his seventies, I think, when he passed. So he lived a yeah. hard life, man. Yeah, but I would say since I guess the Nine Inch Nails one is it's it's the original. It's more personal to him. Yeah. Um, in ways, I feel like it's him. It's like a goodbye letter. Yeah. to his his drug use it's he's angry um i also feel there's a lot of different dynamics in that song it builds up he starts off very kind of whispering almost yeah. um and honestly it sounds like he's trying to hold back crying in my opinion and then later he's you know kind of screaming a little bit more yeah. um very nine inch nails industrial <laughs> sounding but uh the johnny cash version he doesn't change his, I guess, vocals, really. It's more of, like, talking, like a story. He changes the phrasing of how he says the words. Like, um, I, I guess the sentence structure, like yeah, how he... Yeah. yeah, and the music video, Johnny Cash, to me, it seems like he was trying to make the song relate to him obviously being old and hurting people in the past, but also he's trying to make it relatable to anybody that was listening to it because the music video kind of shows like um, Jesus on the cross and like, you know, buildings burning and just chaos. So it's different depending on which version you're listening to. But I love both. I really honestly couldn't pick one. I know yeah. Ben doesn't understand why the Johnny Cash one is so big. But I love Johnny Cash. So, I mean, I like both. Well, it's I, I like the John, I prefer the Johnny Cash version. Uh, really? No disrespect to uh, Mr. Reznor. But it's just... Uh, even Trent Reznor has gone on the record and says the song no longer belongs to him. It belongs to Johnny Cash. Like he yeah. took a great uh, he took a great song and made it beyond words. Like I just think that it offers an insight not only into the pain that Johnny Cash has caused others, but also on himself and in a universal sense, the pain that comes along with living a full life. Like it's mm-hmm. like. At this point in his life, he's gotten to this age where he's elderly. He's 
he doesn't feel much anymore. He just feels pain because he's his body's failing on him and stuff like that. And I think I believe he died of cancer. So it could also be about how the cancer is causing him to hurt and how he's he just feels pain. But it's a good kind of pain because well, I'm this is my interpretation of it of his version, but it's a rewarding type of pain that like I got these I had this pain, but I earned it doing bad things but also good things i may it's very full circle yeah i may be projecting and i may be reading into it but that's always the impression i got i just felt like it was a weary traveler heading home you know like his final resting place and he's like the pain's gonna be over but what a pain it's been you know that kind of thing yeah yeah very survivor-esque Uh, no, I agree with that. Yeah, I I love I, I I that Johnny Cash version. It's it's I I love it so much, man. It's it's art to me. Like it's like uh, it's just so beautiful, man. I I hate to get all sappy like that, but it's just it's just incredible, man. You happy I picked it? Oh yeah, I was. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you did, but there, it wasn't like at the top of my list. But it's definitely a, a cover. That I would, I'm glad we got to discuss because I would want to, I wanted to discuss it. So, all right, yeah. let's, let's move on to another very popular song. And I know I'm going to get shit for one of these versions of the song, but allow Ew. me to defend myself. Okay. All right. So the next song is Landslide, originally done by Fleetwood Mac, which is a very popular yeah. song. And I love it because I think it's a great song about growing up. It's like, well, let's just listen to the Fleetwood Mac version real quick, and then I'll, I'll expand. So let's listen to that real quick. Well, I've been afraid of changing Cause I've built my life around you But time makes you bolder Even children get older And I'm getting older too Okay, so she wrote the song from from what I recall. Stevie Nicks wrote the song about her breakup with Lindsey Buckingham, who's a band member in Fleetwood Mac, and has an amazing voice. Who is yeah, he's also incredible. When he, she says, "I built my life around you," that you could be anything. Like it's just it's just you built your life, your world around something, a, your rock, and now that it's gone, it's time to you know move on. And time makes you bolder. Even children get older and all that stuff. So it's like. It talks about, you know, just growing up. Like, it's about moving on and then finding a new a new thing to hold on to and stuff like that. So, how do you feel about it? I mean, it's a classic. Also, going to admit that I only found out within the past couple of years that that was the original. But I love that song. I've actually cried from that song multiple times, I hate to admit. That song I really like because it makes me think about... Uh, for one day, I thought about my mom because, you know, my mom had me young and her and I were, you know, living together and I finally moved out. And then how you said she built her life around you like she had me young. And then when I moved out, she finally got to fill in the rest of the blanks. So I kind of made it a personal song. But yeah. I mean, I think anybody can. I think that song has a lot of meaning and it's very simple, but beautiful so i love that version of it i think it's great okay so here's what i'm gonna get shit for (laughs) look i have a confession to make at one time i was a very big fan of glee 
this TV show. Now, before you say anything, or before anyone, like, gets on my shit, look, I was not a gleek or one of those obnoxiously ridiculous fans that was obsessed with the show. I really liked the show because at the time, when it first started out, it was silly, but it also had things to say. It wasn't just about, like, let's be a wa- let's be like an over-the-top musical. Let's talk about, like, teen problems and stuff like that. And I'm, it's not that I like teen problems. I just thought that I was like, oh, okay, this is a different take on it and stuff like that. So I am a – I'm like a season one or two. Like, that's when it was good, and then it just went downhill. The, the Hold show, on. Time out, though. Time out, though. Who's your favorite character on Glee? Oh, that's a toughie. I think Schuster. I think that – Oh, God. What is wrong with you? Hey, man. Uh, oh, man. I hated him. Look. I – look. Okay? I got a lot of shit for this. Like when I tell people about it, but I I did I didn't really like the show, and I thought that they did good covers of the song, which leads me into there is a version of Landslide done by, and I don't not the biggest fan of her either, but it's done by Gwyneth Paltrow. All right, look, she's a decent singer. I really like this version that she did on the show, and I really like it because it is a it the Dixie Chicks did a fan did another version of Landslide, which I'm not a fan of, but. That's the one I thought you were going to do. That's the one I know. Well, this one kind of borrows a lot from that version. I just don't, I don't like it. Like, I think that this version is better because I think it's a, yeah, sorry, Dixie Chicks. I mean, nothing personal, uh, but I just think that this version is better. I'm sorry. Look, it's my podcast. I'm going to play the version I want to do. Get off my back, man. Why do I feel like I'm on trial right now? Uh, All right, let's give it a listen. You can shit on it or not. I really like this version. So let's, okay. let's go with it. Well, I've been afraid of changing because I've built my life around you. But time makes you bolder. Children get older and I'm getting older too. Okay. I really like the harmony between the three singers because she has two other singers on the track and that are covering up her voice because she can't really sing sorry she can sing she's just not a great <laughs> singer all right and no glee is famous for like in the show technically these people are supposed to be just singing but obviously you can tell there's been a little there's been some generous production behind some of the performances <laughs> like i just like it because i i like it all right i like it all right <laughs> sorry sorry to be honest i think kevin spacey heard that song and then decided to put her head in the box what's in the box <laughs> spoiler alert spoiler alert um, okay so the next version of landslide that we'll talk about is i think a better version i just wanted to get that glee version with gwyneth paltrow out the way because i'm not very proud of it but i'm not gonna you know I'm not going to ignore it because I still really like it. But this version is by an artist named Robin Sewell. Hey guys, this is John. Uh, Just wanted to clear up something. I believe I identified the artist as Robin Sewell for some reason. Uh, Her name's actually Robin Sherwell. I'm just a giant doofus who doesn't double check things before he says them. Just want to give everybody their due credit because I secretly hope that they don't sue me. But like I said, I just wanted to clear that up. And 
we hope you enjoy the rest of the pod. I first heard this version of Landslide on, there was a movie that came out, I think last year or the year before. It was Suffragette with uh, Meryl Streep and, uh, shit, what's her name? Carrie Mulligan? Mulligan, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it came out. It came out in 2015, and it's about the women's movement, but this song was featured in the trailer. Let's give it a listen. I'm sure a lot of people a lot of people probably haven't listened to this version, but I think it's a really good version nonetheless, so let's, uh, let's give it a listen. Well, I've been afraid of changing, cause I built my life around you, around you. but some makes you older, even children. I think I passed that version along to you. Did you ever listen to it? I did. I can dig it. Yeah. It's, again, very stripped down, very minimalistic, which I really dig. And I just love it because it's very mellow, but it's also very sad, like the original song is supposed to be. It's a very it's a lamentful song. So I really love, you know, just her singing. It's almost a cappella with just her vocals, but... There is some production, there is some layering of vo- uh, ch- uh, layering of vocals in the track that kind of enhance it, so that's what I love about it. No, I like it too. Um, sorry, back to the Glee thing real quick. Yeah. I watched that whole entire series, and that song was so forgetful, I forgot that Gwyneth Paltrow was even in the show. Oh, God. Oh, here we go. Why are you bringing up old <laughs> shit? We moved on. <laughs> Uh, okay, at, at least before, did you think she sang Forget You well? Because if no, so, you just... you No, I okay. hate it. That's when the show started getting really, really dumb. Like, some would argue it was always dumb, but I thought it was... Go- That's when it really got really dumb, when it really blew up. And, like, I was like, why, why do we have Gwyneth Paltrow singing? First off, I hate the fact that the song, if we can get on a tangent here, Forget You is not an insult. That's a made-up insult. Fuck You is an insult. Like... Right. I was like, why are they, if you're not, if you just bleep out the word, just say you like that. Don't say forget you. That's even lamer. Just, you can't say fuck, bleep it out. Everyone knows what you're trying to say. Forget you is not an insult. I hate that that version of the CeeLo Green, original CeeLo Green song and the Gwyneth Paltrow cover version both took off because I was like, just listen to the original. Fuck. Also, wasn't she a Spanish teacher in the show? Like, why wasn't it in Spanish? Learning opportunity. Look, this isn't about Glee, all right? (laughs) I just really like that version. (laughs) You know what? Okay, if I could say my favorite joke from that show. This is my favorite single, singular moment from that show. And after this, we got to move on. But there's a scene where... Uh, Leah Michelle's character, Rachel, is trying to vomit, like, bulimia to lose weight and stuff like that, which, I mean, it kind of made fun of, but it also kind of addressed, like, hey, don't, don't do that. That's not, that's not healthy and shit like that. But there's a line that, like, so her guidance counselor comes in and finds her trying to throw, make herself throw up. So Rachel's character goes, I'm trying to make myself throw up, but it appears that I don't have a gag reflex. And the guidance counselor goes, huh. That's actually going to make you pretty popular with the boys in this school. <laughs> that shit. I was just watching it like one night and I heard that. I was like, oh shit. Oh my God. That's awesome. Uh, it was great. She yeah, said like, she could give blowjobs good. <laughs> they said that on network television. Like, oh my God, dude. For they real? did worse things on that show. Yeah. 
I just I, when I first heard that that shit was. <laughs> I'm so die. getting you a Glee sweatshirt Please for Christmas. Don't. I'm not very proud of the fact that I was a huge fan of the show, but you're about to be. I'm gonna get rid of all of your other sweatshirts. That's gonna be the only one you have. Well, look. Okay, we're moving on. All right. <laughs> 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 all right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Next one up was a song I didn't. I'd never heard. Well, I'd heard the. The White Stripes version, but I'd never heard the original by Dusty Springfield. I, I really do love Dusty Springfield, but this was one song that you, you picked. It's, I just don't know what to do with myself. So let's listen to the original, and then we'll go to the White Stripes version. So I just don't know what to do with myself. Don't know just what to do with myself. I'm so used to How do you feel about it, dear? I love it because it's Dusty Springfield. Right. Also, I love it because it's like a ballad. Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it has an orchestra, which yeah. I'm a sucker for anything with strings and that. And I feel like it's also, you know, so obviously it's about a breakup, being yeah. together for a long time. Like she says, I'm so used to doing everything with you and for you. Yeah. Um, but I kind of feel like parts of the song are hopeful yeah. like she's building herself up to be like i could be by myself yeah. i can i can do this whereas later you'll listen to the white stripes version and that one to me doesn't have that same feeling yeah all right i totally agree it is of its time like that was the type of music they made in the i believe that's in the 60s <clears throat> it's it's awesome it's it's incredible if you don't like dusty springfield you get need, out you need to go somewhere because She's got such a great, she's got such a great voice, like son of a preacher man alone. But yes, all right, all right. Let's go to the White Stripes version. I just don't know what to do with myself. I don't know what to do with myself. guitar man fuck that's a great guitar. <sighs> i the things that i would do to jack white hey hey this, is a, family pro, this is a family show we don't talk about that kind of nonsense you said fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but for real though like his guitar like even if he didn't even sing like still like i've never felt like man i just want to do a guitar but like <laughs> That's how I feel. And also, let's just talk about even if even if you're not even paying attention to the song, which is fabulous. Yeah. The music video has Kate Moss dancing on a stripper pole. Nice. Well, I'm not it's great. Big, I'm not a big Kate Moss fan, but that's that I could get down with that. No, 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 no. You don't even have to be a Kate Moss fan. To me, it's actually like empowering. Like I love it. I love that music video. It's so simplistic. She's just kicking ass on the stripper pole and just feeling herself. I love it. But that's a whole other thing. But <laughs> I, the song in general, I love. I feel it's a it's a bit while it is about the same subject matter, it's a lot more playful. Like it's a lot more like He's kind of having fun with it and kind of silly and stuff like that. Like, 
but the the guitar alone, man, that dun dun. Oh fuck, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's- I actually disagree with you. I think he's more whiny. Yeah. Not whiny in a negative tone, but yeah. just more like pathetic. Yeah. And apathetic yeah, in a sense. A good, that's a good take on. It. I can hear. I can hear that, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. It's a great, it's a good song. Like, it's not my favorite White Stripes song. Probably, I, everyone knows, like, everyone, they, they're big for, you know, Seven Nation Army, obviously. It's a, it's a great song as well, but I think that Hardest Button to Button. No, I'm not a, really? I'm not a big, look, I'm, I'm not an extensive White Stripes fan. I like, everything I've heard from them, I like, but of their songs that I've listened to, which is a handful, I think Hardest <laughs> Button to Button, which has one of the coolest music videos of all time, by the way, but like, it's just that dun 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 boom no 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 dun I uh, just fucking I love that song. I love how you're gonna sit here and be like, man, I love that music video. I love this and that. But you've listened to a handful of White Stripe songs. Oh God, I guess I'm not cool enough to talk music. Oh. I love the White Stripes. I know you love the White Stripes, <laughs> and there are probably lots of things I like that other people don't like either. So it's it's whatever. And then let alone, let's just talk about when I did see Jack White at it, solo, also at Voodoo Fest. Man, I just keep talking about Voodoo Fest. I was in the third row, and I swear to you, because I am as pale as he is, I swear to you, he saw me in the crowd and was like, oh my God, we're one. We were one that night. <laughs> My favorite, like, okay, the, my favorite thing Jack White, I've ever seen Jack White do was in Walk Hard. When he plays Elvis, oh my god, he's fucking... Never hilarious. seen that movie. Oh my, dude. He does like, he does like a, a his Elvis impersonation is so bad, it's good. <laughs> and he's so funny. Like, he doesn't really even say anything, he just kind of mumbles. And it's so... He's he's if he's on the screen for more than a minute, I, I don't think he's on, I don't think he's on, on there for any longer than a minute. He's so fucking funny in that fucking little bit of the movie. It's hilarious. I highly, you should you should watch that movie. That movie's fucking hilarious as well. So. Okay, so last song we're gonna cover is we mentioned it earlier. It's uh, Creep, originally done by Radiohead, and there's a Brandy Carlisle version that she does, which is really good. So let's listen to the. A very famous song that was very popular in the 90s and uh, let's let's listen to it alright I think Tom York is like disowned that song right they like completely don't acknowledge its existence uh he didn't play it at the concert that i went to in march that's a very different radiohead than what we have now you know like they're completely they're almost completely different bands so that was them when they were like grungy yeah they were very 90s grungy now they're kind of that's on their first album pablo honey yeah uh, what are they now like prog rock like progressive like beautifulness yeah Another band I'm not that into. I haven't really dived in. I know, it's on my to-do list, all right? Dude, that concert, he did five encores, okay? He could have kept going. I would have stayed. I would have stayed. I was. We were on the floor, Ben and I. My feet were numb because of how long we'd been standing there, and I would have stayed until my feet bled. It's a really good song. Very popular. And I think 
a lot of, I think everybody, it's a very, it reminds me, it does remind me of like grade school crushes and stuff like that, or like middle school crushes. So it is a very juvenile subject matter, would you agree? Borderline yeah. dark? Well, I think it's, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean borderline sinister. I think sinister is a slightly better word for it. I don't take it like that. I take it more. Tom York's a very weird person. Okay, yes, yeah, A to look at. <laughs> yes. B his dance moves alone. Oh, Why he has he's actually been able to procreate is beyond me. He has two children. Women but, will um, sleep with anybody with a guitar, man. That's just how it goes. <laughs> With that eye, though, sorry, I'm not even going to go down that. But yeah, so to me, it's more of he is so awkward. He found someone that's perfect to him, and he just can't quite fit what she wants. So she's, it's never going to happen. All right. <laughs> Tom York, if you're listening to this, why the fuck are you listening to this, first off? Dude, second off. He knows, though. He knows. <laughs> second off, we apologize if you, we mean no offense, Tom York. We mean no offense. He danced at our concert. It was great. So worth it. <laughs> All right, moving on to the last. Let's talk about Brandy Carlisle's version. And honestly, I've only heard one other Brandy Carlisle song, which is probably her most popular song, is the story. I really like that song. Uh, Would also marry her. She's she didn't blow. She she seemed like she was about to blow up, and then she kind of not disappeared, but kind of went under the radar. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's uh, uh, let's give it a listen real quick. Yeah, so, man, her voice alone, it's better than Tom York's version in the original. It's more soulful, which is what I like about her version. Yes. Was that the live version or CD? Uh, I believe I was playing the live version, I think, yes. I'm pretty sure. I I love, that's the one I have. I have the live version. Yeah. Um, yes, her voice is very... Oh, it's raspy. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. yeah, she is not scared to reach for stuff and have her voice not fully support her. She just goes for it. I love it. I mean, I don't know her life story, but I get the impression that it's got a lot of, I guess, pain underneath it. Like, it's got, it's been through some shit. Like, she's been through some shit. So I feel like there's, like, this, like, this experience that she's had, and it's kind of, crafted her voice and which how she sings and stuff like that so yeah love it well that was fun that's all we had i hope everyone liked the songs that we did we kind of they were i think an eclectic uh, bunch of songs what do you think yeah i mean i could have kept going for years but yeah, yeah they were good this this is like one of our own private conversations expanded onto like a podcast and stuff like that it's like we talk about this when we lived together we used to talk about this kind of shit all the time. So, mm-hmm. uh, all right. So let's. You want to move on to the questionnaire? Yes. All right. Let's do this. All right. This is my. We we didn't do it last episode with Stephen because we were just talking about basketball too much. It, it felt kind of out of place. But uh, all right. Let's uh, let's go for it. What was your first car? My first car, uh, which actually I'm only on my second car now, um, was my grandmother's 2002 white Toyota Corolla named Mika after the singer. Um, 
Uh, didn't even get a hundred thousand miles on it. And during the great flood of 2016, I lost it. Yeah, that was very sad. Yes, I was very, very sad about it. That car got me through a lot. But um, I now have an awesome Rogue, which gives me plenty of room for Emmy. But I definitely miss Mika. It's definitely a mom car. You know what? (laughs) It is a sexy mom car. And when Ben drives it, it's a sexy dad car. (laughs) (laughs) At least it's not a minivan. Fuck. (laughs) I would never get a minivan. But let me tell you, the shape of that car is beautiful. Okay, so hop off. I like it. got a big butt (laughs) okay so what's your biggest or weirdest guilty pleasure okay now where do you want me to go with this because i actually had a hard time thinking about this like can you kind of dive into yours okay the, the example the premise i always go with is if someone who didn't really know you that well but knew you but didn't know you that well walked in on you doing this or watching this or listening to this or doing something to this and they'd be like, and then you'd see them and be like, look, I know what this looks like, but that's the premise. Oh, God. Um, you don't have to have one. It's all it's whatever. Like, I, to be honest, I'm just trying. There's nothing that I'm necessarily embarrassed about. Yeah. Uh, you know, I really don't know. Is I mean, Rupert, the only thing I can. Would, is huh? Rupert your guilty pleasure? Oh, no. I mean, I have no shame for that. And you know what? People can't think that that's weird. Except, except. okay, I will say this. Yesterday, Ben and I had this conversation. We were talking about cars and license plates. And I said, originally, my dream car, I used to want one of those cube cars, and I wanted it to be gray, and I wanted my license plate to say Voldemort. Why? I don't know, but that's what I wanted. And I said, oh, wait. Or I really wanted August 24th, 88 on my license plate. He was like, why? And I said, that's Rupert Grant's birthday. And he goes, that's weird. Like, he was like not okay with it so i mean i guess that's it um wait wait so your your boyfriend and the father of your child wasn't okay (laughs) with your hypothetical but very real love for a stranger you've never met i think that's that's okay we'll we'll go with that okay i have a very hard time finding it's a very fine line between obsession and rupert grant probably should get a restraining order (laughs) And I just love him, and I want us to be best friends, but also madly in love with each other at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, (laughs) Okay, what bores you, or what is the most boring thing you can think of? See, that one I struggle with, too. Okay, it kind of goes with bored and also agitation um i don't like which i feel a lot of people feel this way like my time's wasted like being at work and sitting there and doing absolutely nothing and i'm literally getting paid to do nothing and it's not like oh i have a break for a second kind of a thing like oh it's been two hours and i haven't done jack squat why can't i just be home yeah Uh, um that or just being listening to someone be in a fight about something and you literally don't even feel like you can put in your two cents about it because you know it's not even worth it. That's yeah. when I just want to leave. That, yeah, that's I, a tie. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Uh, unlike you, I have no problem getting paid to do absolutely nothing. When I have those <laughs> moments at work, I relish them because I know right around the corner there's some bullshit that I'm going to have to deal with. So I might as well enjoy the downtime. 
Okay, who is your role model? Or role Easy. models? Personally, yeah. um, I would have to say my mom and my great-grandfather, yeah. who passed away. Um, my mom had me young, still has has a bachelor's, um, and is also actually going back for another bachelor's of nursing. Um, and it's just kicking butt at life. And then my great grandfather, I mean, I could go on for forever about him. He's just fantastic. But as far as like someone I've never met, Kate Winslet, love her. Also could talk about her for forever. Just think that she is a fabulous, genuine person who honestly, I mean, I would give anything to sit down with her and have a two minute conversation with her. Yeah, man, she's she's pretty incredible. How well I always perceived her as fearless. Like she'll do, like she's been like completely naked on film. Like that is so <laughs> that like I, like I'm not even trying to sexualize it. Like to be that comfortable to show everything. It's uh-huh. just it, it's just like she's like this is this is my body. This is who I am. Deal with it. I I, I respect the hell out of that. Well, aside from just the you know, the, the topic of weight, because obviously in Titanic, yes, she was quote unquote bigger. Um, she was told whenever she was in high school that, you know, you're great at acting, but you'll really only get the big girl parts. Yeah. You're never going to get the skinny girl parts, which is ridiculous because it should be about your acting and not about your body. Ideally. But um, I always liked her because she said you really can do anything you want if you put everything into it and no one can stop you. And I agree with that. So that's why I I love her. Okay. What's something most people don't know about you? We can skip this. If it's too much like the guilty pleasure, we can skip it. No, no. It's just, I mean, I'm an open book, so there's not really a lot that people don't know about me. Um, I guess one thing would be that I really would like to be fluent in ASL, American Sign Language. I think that would be really cool. Let's see, or something else that's kind of like small. I used to want to do screenwriting and anything involving film, uh, but just kind of felt like I never could amount to it, which I know is kind of contradictory to what I just said uh, about Kate Winslet. But um, yeah, I guess that's something people didn't really know about me because it was something I felt very vulnerable talking about. Uh, what's funny is like, I'm, I'm thinking about getting rid of that question because most of the people I bring on here are open books. Like everyone, almost everyone I've asked that question has been like, well, I don't really have any things people don't know about me because I pretty much tell, I'm pretty much an open book. I'm like, maybe I should meet some closed books. Maybe I should interview some people who are just like, I don't want anyone knowing anything about me ever or some shit like that. So. All right, I guess that just deeply comes into, I don't really give a crap if people judge me, so. Okay, so this one I've been looking forward to, this question I've been looking forward to, because I think I know what's not your answer. I know, like, why would you even ask part of it? When I read that, I was like, what would it be, why? Clark, Clark said, Clark said shark diving. Clark. Because he's insane. Yeah. Okay, so what would you, obviously not shark diving, but. Okay, so bungee jumping. The question is shark diving, bungee jumping, or skydiving. Obviously not shark diving. Shark diving's never going to happen. You would never. Look, I'm in the same, no pun intended, I'm in the same boat as you. Why would I ever want to get in the water with a fucking cage? Like, what? That cage is not that strong. Fuck that noise. Their eyes can see into your soul, and I know it. 
Okay. Okay, so bungee jumping or skydiving? I, I thought about this. I actually would pick skydiving over bungee jumping because bungee jumping, though, is a shorter distance. You don't have a lot of time to react if your cord breaks. Whereas yeah. skydiving, yes, your parachute may not open, but at least maybe you could say a prayer, yeah. shit your pants, <laughs> Think about you know, your something <laughs> before you die. So skydiving. <laughs> All right. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Coke, Pepsi, or other? Coke. 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 I know you're Pepsi because you you like commercials that fail and make people feel like crap. Hey, hey. But. <laughs> don't take it out on the soda. The soda didn't do this. The marketing team did. Kendall Jenner did this. <laughs> I know my aunt works for Pepsi, too. Like, But anyway, uh, no Coke. Absolutely Coke, hands down. But that, I feel like that's also more of a Southern thing, though, besides yeah. you, because you're just a weird person. Well, but um, I don't know if I've told the story on the pod, but... Like, I was a really big Coke fan as well, because we obviously were both from southeast Louisiana, but I spent a summer in Illinois, so the Midwest, right, with my godmother and my uncle, who was a big Pepsi drinker at the time, and they got me into Pepsi, and I'm like, oh my god, this is so much better than Coke. I was like, why do we not drink this down south? And I, yeah, I love Pepsi way more. Abomination. Yeah. But honestly, I prefer Bart's root beer over everything, so. Huh. Okay, so let's say, I think I know what your answer is going to be, but okay, so let's say you unexpectedly get an afternoon off from work. Like, they're like, guess what, Morgan? You get the afternoon off. Don't, you don't have to come back from lunch or whatever. You can do whatever you want. What do you do? Um, realistically, I would say get stuff done. Yeah. Like, stuff that I need to get done or sleep. Yeah. But uh, what actually happens, because um, I actually had this happen this past Friday. I started working for a doctor's office, and he only worked until 11. So I had six hours to myself before I had to go pick up Emmy. And I had so much anxiety or, like, open options of things that I could do that yeah. I spent three or four of my hours trying to figure out what I was going to do with my time. <laughs> Look, guys, uh, anyone listening... <laughs> I've known Morgan, God, it's been, it's been five years now. And that's so you. I'm sorry. That is so you. Jesus. <laughs> okay. So, so you would, so you'd probably sleep or what? I would probably sleep or like I said, I have a planner that I always have to plan to write in. Yeah. Like I have to allot time to it uh, because I just, I get too many ideas at once and mm-hmm. then I'm like, okay, you got to do it now. And then I'm like, okay, no, give yourself time to work up to going to do like that one thing that you need to do today. Okay. All right. Next question. What do you love the most about your town and what do you hate the most about your town? I, I find this anytime I leave Baton Rouge. Um, I love that everyone waves to each other when you drive by and also that it is kind of a small town feel in a way because you're still technically in a city um but also i know the next part is what do you hate most about your town and that's also one of the things that i hate is that you see the same faces everywhere and if you have bad blood with one person in baton rouge you have blood bad blood with like 20 people (laughs) so um yeah yeah that's yeah, I, I I agree. I totally agree. Part of the reason why I left. I miss y'all, but I don't miss that at all. Uh, yeah. Okay. This is the, oh man. I don't I don't know if I've ever asked you this question. Or if you ever told me anything about this, have you ever used a pickup line, and or has one ever been used on you? 
All right. So if I answer this question, I cannot be tagged on Facebook. All right. I won't tag you. With this. All right. Okay. That and like somehow you have to block my mother from listening to this. I don't know how you're going to do that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's possible, dear, because unless I unfriend her or something like that, I don't, I don't Or just know. limit her from seeing... Anyway, anyway, okay, so I'll answer it. Yes, I've used a pickup line. It was during my ballsy phase, my I-don't-give-a-crap-my-hoe phase, never-regret-your-hoe phase, anyone that's listening, live your life, hoe it up. Um, <laughs> I, I'm laughing because I remember that, and I, I don't miss those days, but man, those were some days... <laughs> I miss them in a weird way. Like, obviously, I love Ben more than anything, and I'm not saying I want to go get with other people, but the confidence that I had, if I could just eat that up again, that would be great. But, um... (laughs) It was... It worked, though! It It really worked! (laughs) But, uh... But, yeah, I went to, um... Cheeburger Cheeburger, and you and I... You were with me, actually. Oh, shit! And... basically told our server who i'm now friends with um derek indigo Payne jr uh i told i pointed to one of the cooks in the back and i was like you see that guy he was like yeah i was like i'm gonna fuck him later and i did (laughs) wait uh wait it was uh your boy right it was uh cheeburger cheeburger that's what we called him cheeburger cheeburger yeah i remember God, I wish I could have seen his face. Like, I don't even know. I'm still friends with him on Facebook, too. I know. I don't even know what I would do if a woman, if a dude, like, if a coworker of mine said, dude, you're not going to believe this, but this chick totally told me she's going to fuck you tonight. I don't know. I, I he guess called I, me. He called me that night. Yeah, I know. You left your number. I was there. I remember this. <laughs> uh-huh. It worked. It really worked. <laughs> I remember that shit. That shit was funny. Uh, <laughs> yes, but I've also had a pickup line used on me. Okay. I've uh, I've been in an elevator before, and I've had the the stupid, you know, cliche that it hurt when you fell from heaven. Oh God, Jesus! I yeah, it wasn't funny then. It's not funny now. Like I'm like, how? It's never worked. It's never <laughs> ever worked. Oh, Don't try it. All right, last question, then I'll let you go because I know you got other things to do. You know, like raising a child and all that stuff. So, well, uh, she's asleep. Okay. <laughs> uh, I think I know your answer to this one, but uh, let's go for it. Uh, what's your dream vacation? Let's say you had like unlimited funds, unlimited time, whatever. Absolutely, hands down, Europe. Which, of course, London would be the first thing. Big yeah. Ben, then finding Rupert Grant's house, then finding Benedict Cumberbatch's house, and just you know, living it up. Um, but definitely London. Um, I would really want to go to Ireland, Scotland, yeah. Wales, Germany. I mean, literally, honestly, really, if someone said, hey, we could leave the United States. I mean, even given, maybe not even, we can leave Louisiana and not Mississippi or Alabama. I don't want to go there again. But anywhere else, I would, I would never say no. I mean, it's always new things to see. So, I mean, I wouldn't be mad if someone even was like, hey, we're going to go to Mexico. I'd be like, that's legit. I've never been there before. Wait, would so, you go to Arkansas or Kansas? I would, Arkansas isn't bad. Now, the only place I wouldn't go is wherever freaking uh, Fargo, South Dakota or North Dakota. Yeah. I, no. No. <laughs> that and probably like Wyoming. I mean, I don't know what people do in Wyoming, but 
uh, Wyoming is like that's like I think like the fourth biggest state by landmass in the least populated state. Like I think they have less than five hundred thousand people that live in Wyoming, which is ridiculous. Uh, oh, I was just gonna say like South Dakota, North Dakota. What do they what do they do in that show? They go yeah, or I can't remember what it is. Well, don't you know? Eh? Like uh, it's basically they're basically South Canada. Like for real. Don't you know? Don't yeah, you know? like it, yeah. No, uh, couldn't do it. There are more people that live in the, uh, Washington D.C. That tiny little capital city live in that city more than Wyoming. That's insane. That's insane. But I believe it. It's who the fuck lives there? No disrespect, but goddamn, come on now. <laughs> the like, people that are in Fargo. <laughs> Anyway, okay, so that's that's going to do it for me. My dear, thank you so much for taking time. I know that uh, your time is precious these days, but I'm so, so happy that we got to do this. This is so much fun. And we did it in like an hour-ish. Woohoo! Woo! All right. Um, Ooh, piece of candy. <laughs> I love you, my dear. Thank you for doing this, and I hope you have a great day tomorrow. And give my love to Benjamin, of course, and, of co- and always give my love to Emmy. Give her tons of kisses from me. All right. Love you. Bye. Love you too. Bye.